S-Y-E-R, they know who we are. JT was good, homie. Fanatics, uh-huh. They know I'm from the home of the Bronx Bombers. We work this hard, chasing a couple commas. Then we do this thing every day. It's all love, you catch me out of shape. I'm talking NY over to LA. And everything in between, fam, I'm here to stay. I heard it taking shots, but it's all bricks. We bleed this blue and orange on me, I'm talking Knicks. We cast a giant shadow, boy, you better jet. Nothing but net, and you can make a bet. I'm a ranger when I'm out on that ice. We talking about liberty, homie, watch your life. Aaron's got some ice cubes, mess around, they got a triple-double. When JT on the mic, man, you know you in trouble. Matter of fact, the thing is hot and it's ready to go. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Fanatics. Fanatics. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Fanatics, Season 2, Episode 1. Sorry it took so long to get back here. Uh, this has actually uh, uh, been a three-week process. We actually did a show earlier. Um, didn't make it through through editing and, and production and everything. We're happy to bring you a show now. This week, I'm here with my boy Sibo, uh, my co-host from the For the Love of the Game podcast, uh, where it all began for me. Um, and uh, so, Sibo, say what's up to everybody. What's up? What's up, JT? I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you, sir. Um, just a quick rundown. Everybody who doesn't know, um, Sibo uh, started a podcast called For the Love of the Game. Um, we ended up linking up one time. I went on vacation to go see him. I did a show. Um, and then from there, we just clicked. Everything was working chemistry-wise. He asked me to do it with him. Um, and then we started doing that. Um, life got in the way and, and slowed it down. But, you know, we got it up and going a couple times. Um, Sibo actually did very well, moved his family out west. Um, so he uprooted um, and moved on to bigger and better things. So we weren't able to keep that going. Um, but at some point, we would like to definitely try to get back to that because uh, I, I consider that the parent of, of this. I consider Fanatics the baby of that. Um, that was more of a broad sports show. Um, it covered a wider range of, uh, of, of things. Um, and, uh, you know, not even just sports. We were talking about social issues and stuff like that. So that's one of the things I really miss. Um, I'm going to try to keep this show strictly about sports. Uh, again, geared around New York, but with, uh, I'm going to broaden it out a little bit with some other things. Uh, and I hope everybody enjoys the show. So um, let's get ready to do it. All right, Sibo, we're going to start this off with the NFL. Uh, sir, I'm hoping that you were able to get a chance to watch some of the games this week. Yeah, some of them, some of them. Okay, I didn't okay. catch the Browns-Jets, uh, so I heard a little <laughs> about it. Well, it's the Browns-Jets. I don't blame you, sir. I know this is a New York show, but uh, this is a, a Giants-based show, so uh, we're, we're a little uh, biased in that direction. Um, so real quick, I'm going to bring up a few things. I want to hear what your thoughts are. Uh, let's start off with Pat Mahomes, sir. What do you think about this gentleman? I'm impressed. Um, didn't he, he, he break the touchdown record? If I'm not mistaken, he had 13 touchdowns, zero interceptions. This is the today. most... This is the most touchdowns with, um, for the first three games of, that anybody's ever put up. He topped um, Peyton's old record uh, the year he put up 55 touchdowns, which was 12. So he's doing excellent. I, mean, I haven't honestly sat back and watched him game by game. I'm still slacking on my red, on my red zone uh, account. I haven't, I haven't purchased a red zone or, or NFL Sunday ticket yet. Okay. So I'm still just watching whatever games I get. But, uh, you know, I follow the sport just like you do. Um, very closely, like I said. So I've obviously heard the news about what Pat Mahomes is doing out there with the Kansas City Chiefs, um, with a coach like uh, uh, Andy Reid. I guess he's in a perfect system, you know what I'm saying, to be successful. So I, I, I'll say I'm surprised at the amount of success, 
But coming into this year, um, I think he was like the best type secret. Um, seeing him let Alex Smith go, a lot of people thought that was a mistake. But um, the way I guess the people, the noise coming out of Kansas City had um, everyone was raving about Pat Mahomes. You know what I mean? So I'm not gonna say I'm 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 surprised because uh, basically hearing um, all the noise about him coming into the season, I, I thought he would be good, especially coming from the quarterback whisperer Andy Reid. Um, but breaking this record and the level he's doing, that that I have to say is very surprising. You know what? You brought up a great point with Andy Reid. That's exactly where I was going with that. Um, pretty much, you can put it down. You know, along with death and taxes, is a definite. He's going to run a, a, a potent offense. Yeah. Um, he's going to have it humming like bird. And uh, I'm I'm really impressed. I mean, I'm pretty sure people who know me personally know that I was really high on this kid coming out of the draft. Um, as you know, I do I real me, quick not to cut you off. You know, I no, do that all the time. Anyway. That's all right, bro. I you, do. You. That's how I know. That's how I know his name. To come to think of it, I I distinctly remember you in the past on For the Love of the Game bringing up Pat Mahomes. And uh, if you remember Emery, the guy we had from College Football Focus, he was talking about Pat Mahomes and how much of a good quarterback he could be. And one of the uh, pre-draft, I think, things we were doing or something, we had him on the show. So that name did ring bells a, a lot to me. Yeah, definitely. This was, uh, as you know, I'm a draft nerd. I tend to do my um, studies and stuff like that on, on NFL and NBA draft and this is one of the guys I had a, a little bit of a draft crush on even though at the time I don't know if you remember I wasn't sure if the Nick the, the Giants really needed to select the quarterback um just yet because uh, we had this debate before we, we I, I thought Eli still had some time left um that being said uh he's doing awesome just like what you said everything you said was right on the money uh, I didn't I didn't expect him to do this well this soon but uh, again, this is Andy Reid we're talking about here. Um, at, at worst, you knew that they were going to be a good offensive team. So kudos to him. Um, the other thing about him, uh, and and why I'm sure it made it easier to get rid of a guy like Alex Smith, um, even though he's he's super. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, he's just he he, he was consistent. Game Alex Smith. Game in yeah. the game in. He, he was very consistent, and he and he was very good at at controlling the game, like what you said, calling him a game manager. But he couldn't really attack the field vertically the way this guy Pat Mahomes can. He's the son of a pitcher in the, in the MLB. Um, I believe his dad might have played for the Mets or the Phillies, one of those two teams. Um, I I I feel like a geek now, but um. So uh, he allows them to do things that they weren't able to do under Alex Smith. It, it expands the playbook a little bit, and it definitely makes them a little more diverse on the offensive side of the ball. So that's Pat Mahomes. Next thing, sir, I don't know if you were aware, but Jimmy Garoppolo, who was, after, ha- was having a pretty good beginning to his career after getting out of uh, New England. He won all his games last year with the Niners. Um, they weren't spectacular this year, but he was still doing pretty good as, as a QB. His numbers look pretty good. Um he uh he hurt his knee today and he's probably going to be done for the season. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm hearing it's potentially an ACL. And I'm getting kind of offended if you keep because you keep saying I don't know if you know. But um. Oh, well, I mean, you did mention that you don't have uh, red zone, which I don't know. That yeah. should be a crime for anybody who watches football. I'm not thin though. <laughs> you know, I have other means. Uh, fire stick. I have ESPN. We we got our ESPN Plus app, all that stuff. I'm locked in. Don't worry. But yeah, yeah okay. um, apparently he tore his ACL. They're, they're hoping it's not that, but they're saying that's what it seems. It looks like it was a non-con- non-contact uh, knee twist as he was, I think, running out of bounds, and then he ended up getting hit. Um, bang, bang. Um, I, look, I think he was under some of the most uh, pressure, other than Kirk Cousins, obviously. 
um, coming into the season. And, and um, I'm not going to say he wasn't living up to it, but I just think he was a little overhyped. Um, not that he's not good. Jimmy Garoppolo obviously proved that he could play quarterback in the NFL, right? But I think with, with what he did last year, going to the Niners and winning, what was it, seven straight games? Five straight games? Something I think it like was that. five or six. I don't know if it was. Yeah, five. yeah. So the expectations are through the roof for him now, you know, and I think he was under a lot of pressure. So I think even if this isn't, hopefully it's not a long-term season-ending injury, I think these next couple weeks off will do him some justice and give our Niner fans back down to earth like they're going to the Super Bowl or something because of Garoppolo. Um, they'll probably <laughs> lose the next couple weeks. And um, you know how sometimes you have to lose what you got to really appreciate it? I right. think they'll stop comparing him to last year and that 5-0 and whatever and start understanding what it's like to have a really, really bad quarterback again. And um, I think he'll come back and be successful. Hopefully. Good points, good I mean, points. if the injury's not that bad. If the injury's right. really bad, you know, who knows if he'll ever be the same. But. Well, we his game, I don't think, is predicated on his athletic ability. He's more of a, 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 a pocket quarterback. He's a mobile one, albeit. Um, but I mean, but, uh, even just uh, ACL tear, being that I've experienced it, just, I mean, I mean, normal life is different. You know, so I'm saying everybody doesn't have the mentality to come back from an injury like that. I'm not saying that he won't ever wear the shoot again. I'm just saying I don't know if he'll mentally and emotionally be able to do what it takes to be an NFL-level quarterback. We, we can't just assume that. I think we always do. With athletes, they get injured. They, they have surgery. We don't understand the, the eight, nine months of, of what it takes to come back from that. And I, I think I take that personally, not you, but just in general, because I've, I've had an ACL uh, tear and I had reconstructive knee surgery, and that was the longest year of my life. Just being able to walk and run right again. You know what I'm saying? So right. we look at these high athletes and think like, oh, we don't count those months. When they're gone, we're just waiting to see what game they come back. We don't understand the challenges that they really, really face. So I think sometimes we take for granted that, oh, he just tore his ACL, he had surgery and come back. That's not a guarantee. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. No, that's a good point, and that's fair. Um, I, I think one of the things you're, you're underselling a little bit, though, is that um, – uh, with NFL players as opposed to all the other sports, I don't know. Uh, well, I guess the best way to say is these ca- these contracts aren't fully guaranteed. There's maybe like one or two of them. So these guys really need to play in order to get their money for the most part. I know a lot of the money, especially with these quarterbacks, is guaranteed. Um, and and uh, also, I mean, I I I get it. Um, I I understand the emotional and 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 the the physical grind of, of coming back from that. But this is his job. This is his livelihood. And and he has the best the best people in the world at what they do. So uh and because we've seen other people in the sport, um, not that you're wrong, I just I just feel like uh um this I he's never been accused of being a slacker. He's never been accused yeah. of somebody who takes things off or anything like that. Yeah. So I think he's gonna, you know, do what he has to do to try to get back. Um, Don't get me wrong, I know he will come back. My thing is right. can he play at that level again? Sometimes I got the injury that takes you down enough. That's what I'm saying. I don't no. doubt that he'll come back. They'll get him through. He'll do the, you know, he's going to put right, a uniform right. on and try again. We just don't know if he'll live up to that hype. Now. Right, right. The one thing I, I will say that I'm going to be I'm a little disappointed with this injury is I, I was curious to see the element of somebody getting out of that Belichick New England system and, and seeing if they could succeed somewhere else because that's always been the question with Belichick and Brady, right? Is it Belichick? Is it Brady? Is it both? See what it is. So that was that was definitely an element that I was looking forward to seeing. Um, and, and it looked like he was heading in that direction of being successful without that environment. 
from last yeah. year, even though, like you said, he might have put some unrealistic expectations on himself by just going on a tear. Um, moving along, um, so I'm I'm pretty sure now because I don't want to accuse you of not seeing, but I'm pretty sure you've seen the quote unquote uh, roughing the passer penalty on Clay Matthews. This is about the third week in a row. The first one, everybody agreed that it could have been considered roughing the passer. The last two egregious. This one, definitely. I don't know what you expect these guys to do. I know they're trying to protect the quarterbacks. I know they're trying to clean up the game. But the bottom line is this is football. And at what point do we stop trying to pamper it down? And at what point do these people accept the responsibility that comes with playing this this kind of game? Some people retire early because they understand they don't want to put themselves through this risk. But most yeah. 90% of these guys, they know what they're getting into. They know what it's going to be about. And, and they still continue to do it because they're living well off of it. And I don't blame them. But at the same time, we can't change the, the for me, and, 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 I, and I'll let you, you know, go off on this. I just feel like you cannot change the essence of what football is, which is one of the most physical sports in the world, definitely in this country. Let me get your take, sir. I'll say this simply. It's a quarterback rule. This is about protecting the quarterback. Obviously, we've made changes into, uh, they've made changes in the NFL to try to protect the player. That's been a big thing for probably a decade now, right? This generation of football players, they're focusing on the concussion is the, is the hot take word. Concussions, player safety, you know, head down, all that type of stuff. We, we, we get it, right? But this is specifically about protecting the quarterback. We've seen Aaron Rodgers, his own quarterback, which was kind of thrown in his face in the past couple of weeks, which bothers me anyway had an incident where he was tackled. The guy kind of threw his weight on him with the tackle and it dislocated it. I'm not sure his shoulder or he tore his collarbone or something like that, right? Um, so I think this rule about, you know, the defender having their weight land on it, it, it uh, to be, to sum it up, JT, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous rule. And like a lot of things, other things in life in the real world, they're going to adjust it. Um, it it's going to take a, next week, He's going to get it again. And you know what it's going to take? It's going to take for the players to keep doing it and then and to keep having outrage about it. And for announcers and fans and people watching the game to keep saying, that is effing ridiculous. That's a bad call. That's ridiculous. What is he supposed to do? What is he supposed to do? How many NFL, ex-NFL guys or coaches um, during halftime and during pre-shows or post-shows are we going to have to have come on and say, what is the guy supposed to do? What is the NFL going to have? They're going to have to answer to that eventually. And I get what they're doing. I get the purpose of it. But at the end of the day, they're just going to have to make amends to it. The rule can be the rule. They're saying the rule never changed. They're just focusing on what they're going to do is next season or at the end of the season or midway through the season after it keeps happening. They're just going to adjust the rule and say, okay, well, we understand that you can't do that, but the rule will be in place and the referees will be a little more lenient on it. Um, I hate that, that Clay Matthews is the consistent, um, Sacrificial Target. land because right. I, yeah, I I think that all three weeks after that were, were BS. The one against Cousins, the one uh, the week before, and, and this one is ridiculous. So, I mean, it is what it, 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 it. This is consensus. It's general. Everybody agrees on this, and that's what it takes most time to get things changed. Though. Well said. Well said. Well said. Definitely, I agree with you 110. percent Something needs to be done, and uh, hopefully, it's done sooner rather than later. All right, see, uh, so uh, we're going to get into this uh, Giants breakdown. Um, I'm pretty sure you saw the game today. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're excited as I am about finally getting a W under our belt. Um, but I'm also curious to see what, what your take is on, on what you saw today 
and and um, I guess how you feel about the team going forward. So this is where I lean on you as the football guy, my resident football guy, JT, because um, while watching the game, you know, you, you, you feel good seeing us get a W. Let's, let's start right there. Um, the biggest, most obvious difference in um, what we've seen the past two weeks and what we've seen today was our offense, the flow, um, the continuity, uh, the time, obviously in the pocket that Eli had, Eli's performance. Um, for me, some of the other things that stood out was Sterling Shepard had a game today. Um, I, he had a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he caught, I'll say, four to five passes today. Um, and he was targeted about the same in the past two games, maybe a couple passes less. He just wasn't making the catches. And, and you could give two is him not making the catches and one to Eli, what people will say were overthrowing him, right? But um, I think all of that leads back to the point that we've been focusing on is the offensive line, the protection. I've been screaming that Eli's been a chicken with his head cut off in the pocket for five, ten years now. Um, he, he's never had the time that he's needed to make plays. He just seems to happen to be able to make them sometimes. That's where I get weary because I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves now seeing this happen and thinking, oh, Eric Flowers was taken out. We, we had a good game. Saquon had some breakout runs. I mean, I think Saquon is everything we thought he was. I don't think that would do as much um, with the line as as much as it had to do with him just being a great back. Um, they we, they even went as far as to put him out um, out as a receiver today, and, and he was one-on-one and just made a play. Easy. It was like cake, you know, like he'd been there before. So I just think over time he's going to get better, better, get more comfortable, more familiar. Um, Odell's Odell, balled all day, caught all day. Um, Evan Ingram showed up. Our offense looked good, right? Our offense looked good. Um, our defense looked good. I, I just, JT, I don't know if this was bad Texans and, and us taking advantage. I'm not going to discredit what we did. Everybody did what they needed to do, right? But, hey, I came out of the other game feeling like everybody. Odell had 100 yards, right? Saquon had 100 yards, right? Eli threw uh, uh, a couple completions, right? We, we, we just didn't win the game, right? So we did what we were supposed to do today, too. Maybe just the other team wasn't as good as the other two teams we played. You know, I, I don't know, JT. I, I don't want to. I'm I'm cautiously being optimist like like you right now. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't want to jump off. Of this. See, this is the offense I was talking about. We we blow with Pat Shermer. This is it. We changed the world. like. I don't want to get crazy. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I I, I want to enjoy the win. So we played well. I still don't think we're a playoff team. I still think we're going to be eight and eight, nine and seven. Best case scenario. That's best case. And you know, still miss the playoffs. So that's my thing with the Giants. Uh, well said, sir. Uh, just to uh, finish off, um, so Sterling Shepard had six catches for 80 yards on seven targets for, with a touchdown. Odell had nine catches for 109 yards on 10 targets, no touchdowns, but he still had a hell of a day. Saquon had 17 carries for 82 yards with a touchdown running the ball, and he also had, uh, let's see, five receptions for 35 yards. So he, he still went over 100 yards all-purpose. Um the thing that I love about Saquon is if you ever, if, if you notice, the first guy that gets to him hardly ever gets him down. And Never. his balance is, is, is just unreal. Seeing some of the things that he do is just, is just remarkable. Um, 
and so I, I, I never had a problem with the person. I just had a problem with the value of his position. But that's for another story, and that's for another day. This game right here, um, I think one of the things that you, for, for me, as I'm watching the game, um, one of the things that I, I, I noticed right away was um, that the communication amongst the offensive line seems to be a lot better. What I mean by that is the Giants, the first two weeks, were getting beat by simple uh, elementary stunts and blitzes and, and twists and all this other stuff, you know, stuff that these people, most teams handle on a fairly routine basis. And it was working yeah. against us almost every time. And I think part of that was um, not just not recognizing it, um, but also not communicating and, and adjusting to, to, to combat it. So right away off the bat, and you and I were both texting during the game, and, and you brought it up first, you just felt the, the, um, the chemistry was just a little better. They were moving the ball. For, for the first time ever, Saquon is getting a yard or two before he gets tat hit in the backfield. It still happened. Not to they say that they were world beaters. They were holes opening right. up also for which right. I with. Right. So you got to give him, you got to give him props where it's due. I mean, I, I, I kind of didn't want to give up on Eric Flowers so soon. But when you see results like this, oh. you kind of see, yeah, I mean, it's only been two games, three games into this new season and a new position for He's him. He's not a rookie. Oh, all right. Uh, he's he's over on the right side, which is new to him. I don't think he's done that ever. I think he's always been a left tackle. That being said, um, uh, in a nutshell, I mean, this was Eli at his efficient max. He was 25 of 29 for 297 yards with two TDs, no INTs. He still got sacked four times, and a lot of that was J.J. Watt. <laughs> Watt being a beast yeah. because that, like you said, my brother and I were watching it. We were saying the same thing. You know, it's J.J. Watt. It's going to happen. Yeah, can't do nothing about that. So, um, you know, I, I was okay with that. I, I was a little um, annoyed that in the second half we seemed to go in shell. We were a little more um, conservative on both sides of the ball. I don't know if you noticed hey, that. No. Yeah, I started complaining about the play caller. You know what? I... Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I think in, in a nutshell, it was, it was, this game was almost like a tale of two halves. But when they needed to put the game away, that last drive, I like that they had the fortitude, the testicular fortitude, to uh, instead of just run it one more time and settle for the field goal, they they threw it into the end zone and try to put the game away and get seven points, and that's exactly what they did with that last touchdown to um, uh, Sterling Shepard, who and, and it seemed to me like they were targeting a particular guy in the slot, so that's why you noticed. Um, I don't know if you saw, but a lot of times um, Odell was one on one with this guy on the outside, and they still weren't even looking at him because they knew they could win that matchup in the slot. So yeah. I think in the future. Um, it's always good to look at the weak point of defense, but we should always still not forget what our strength is, and that's Odell, even though he still had a pretty good game. I thought there were chances for him to have more yards than what he had today. So um, overall, I, I think you and I would, would say that this was a, a, a much-needed step in the right direction. You and I both agree that they're probably still a mediocre team at best. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if they can make a playoff run, but I will say this. If the, if the offense can find some way to become – just a little more efficient. And what I mean by that is converting more third downs, staying on the field, kind of like they did in the first half. And the defense can keep them into games. Um, I think that the season can turn out a little better than what you and I expect if they can win some of these close games because they seem to be keeping them themselves in the games, um, especially if uh, Vernon comes back to apply a little more pressure on the edge um, mm -hmm. and, and so forth. So it, 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 all in all, I, I was happy with what I saw. Uh, I would think that you're, you were happy as well. It's good to get a W. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think that alone will take the monkey off some of these guys' backs, and hopefully we'll go into, you know, we don't have that cloud over us. We'll go into next week with positive energy. 
Um, so I'm not concerned with real quick, JT. Yeah, the, the, the lack of consistency on defense. That's, that concerns me. Explain, sir. Well, it's, it's, it's through what? The first, what, three quarters almost? It was 10, it was what, uh, 10 3? Right. Through what? No, almost it was, it was, it was 20, after the, the first half was 20 to 6. We were 20 winning. to 6. Okay. So we, we held them to six points. We, we ended the game. It was 27, 25, 22. 27, 22, right. Yeah. You know, so we gave up, <laughs> we gave up 16 points in the second half. You know, and we were up. I, I get our offense being being um, sure. a little more, yeah, conservative. But what happened to the defense? Again, well, it concerns me. Is it the team playing bad or is it us locking up? You know, that's what concerns me about the Giants. It was a tale of two halves. The first half, we had total control. Our offense was clicking. It seemed like we were getting the stop. We were getting a lot of third down stops. We were getting them to punt the ball. We were getting the ball back. We played good defense. We were flowing. We had chemistry on offense. Second half, we scaled it back a little on offense, and then it felt like we did the same thing on defense. Right. Next thing you know, we're, we're fighting too. for our life. We're fighting for our lives in the fourth quarter. Right. You can't do that against good teams. Excellent point. I agree. Um, I, I think they went a little conservative too. Um, I, get, I, I get think offensively, defensively, what's up? We got to well, hold the lead. Houston opened it up a little bit. They went a little more one-dimensional in the second half. I mean, we held them to, like, uh, 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 the rushing totals are, are ridiculous. Looks like like 50-something yards between the quarterback and the running backs. So, uh, I mean, it, it, I think I'm done. I'm not shitting on them. Deshaun, Deshaun is no bum. We saw what he did last year. Neither is Will Fuller and, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, they may have figured something out. Um, I don't want to take you know too much credit away from Houston's game, but I, I agree with you. I agree with you that we did go a little more conservative um, in that second half, and that's concerning as well. And against good teams, you hit it on the nail. It's not going to work. Real quick, last thing, I just want to point out also that our schedule for the next five games is deadly. We're playing the Saints at home. We're going to Carolina. We're playing the Eagles at home, and then we're out to Atlanta. Atlanta's rocky, but going to Atlanta concerns me. Going to Carolina concerns me. And Saints and Eagles, th- those are not going to be easy games. So, well, the Saints away from the from the dome are a different team. So that's one I, game I that I think that. can be iffy. They just went and took a dub from Atlanta today, though. This is true. We'll yeah, see, man. Is, you know what I mean? We we we. It's we'll see. Tough All four of those game, games, but... I think, except for maybe the, the Falcons game, I don't know if we have the firepower to keep up with them in in Atlanta. But I think all those games will be able to keep close. I don't know if we'll win. But I think, I think you'll see a lot of close games within the next few weeks. But it is a, a tough schedule. I agree. All right. So uh, moving along, sir. Um, real quick, I don't know if you had a chance. You, know, you said you didn't watch the uh, Jets-Browns game, right? I heard about it. I did have a chance, JT. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's the Jets-Browns. I don't know if anybody was really too interested. Besides Jets fans, this is a New York-based show. I'm just going to go real quick over some stats. Tell me what you think. So Sam Darnold, who everybody was loving after his first game, first win, finished 15 of 31 for 169 yards. No TDs, two INTs. He got sacked twice for a quarterback rating of 38.2. So he's come down to earth a little bit. Um, I think what you're seeing is teams um, scouting him a little better and, and making adjustments. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see what adjustments he makes in order to improve. you have any thoughts on Sam Darnold real quick? Yeah, I do. I like Sam Darnold a lot. And um, seeing him play, um, I think the first night I seen him play, uh, when he was killing the Lions, uh, it made me almost regret not taking him. I'm not going to lie to you. 
Um, I'm still on the fence with my, my, my hot take on Eli. Uh, you guys killed me. You and, uh, someone else we know killed me because I was, I was, I was talking about us getting a quarterback. Not saying Eli was done, but we need to start thinking about that position, uh, almost two seasons ago, right, JT? And right. I think we've come to the point with, with Eli and not to drag on this, this, this Giants thing, but, um, I, I just, I don't know if he's what we need to what we have. Um, I think we need a more mobile quarterback. I don't think Eli is done. As a Giant fan, I would hate to see him play somewhere else. But what I'm saying is for what the weapons that we have and what we need offensively with that week of a line, we need a more mobile uh, quarterback. So I, I, I'm not giving up on Eli, but I think it's it's definitely the, the big O-line problem is the problem, giving him time. But Eli plays a part, too. He's overthrowing guys bad week one. He, he misses some plays. He's, he, he cannot move in that pocket. Today he showed some play action stuff. I'm not gonna lie, he was rolling out a lot. I like to play calling JT, but um, bruh. Anyway, Donald, I like him a lot. I think he's great. Um, I, he's gonna go up and down, bro. He's a rookie. Um, if you if you knew, I know you do. If you know anything about him at USC, he had these high uh, blowout games and he had these really low lows. He's gonna go up and down like that. He takes risks. He's a he's a young stud quarterback, and we gotta give him time. I don't think it's fair to judge him. Um, game by game throughout his first season. Let the season play out. We'll judge him then and start the game by game on next season. But I, I like Donald a lot. Okay, okay. Uh, so the Jets lost this game 17-21. A game they were winning, I believe, 14-zip uh, before Baker Mayfield came in, another uh, rookie from this class, uh, and finished 17-23 for 201 yards. Uh, no TDs, no INTs, but uh, he finished with a quarterback rating of 100.1. He definitely made an impact when he came in the game. Tyrod Taylor was only 4-14 for 19 yards. Um, so real quick, and and um, just uh, tell me what your, your brief thoughts are on, on Baker Mayfield. Okay, real quick on Baker Mayfield. He's been named starter for their next game um, officially today. And after this, I think Baker's everything they thought Johnny Manziel was going to be for them. The charisma. The attitude manifested the right way, the confidence, uh, the swag. I think the Browns need to move into their next phase of getting out of um, worse than mediocrity. So I think Baker I think Baker's going to uh, be exactly what they needed there in Cleveland. Excellent, excellent. Good point on the whole Johnny Menzel thing. Um, hopefully he doesn't turn out like him. I, I did not expect it from him. I'm going to say, I'm going to be honest. I think he's going to be – he's looking at me a, a little more like a, a Drew Brees than a, than a Johnny Menzel. Menzel created more outside the pocket, extending plays. Yeah, I don't mean game-wise. I'm just saying that aura, that – Right, that, right, that, right, that confidence. Right, right, right. I, I get it. Um, but I, I think, like I was saying, I think he's a little more like Drew Brees where he, he, he doesn't extend plays like Menzel can, but he, he knows how to find his angles. He knows how to, <coughs> excuse me, shift around in, in the pocket to get – the, the windows that he needs to make the throws to make the throws that he can make and he's super competitive love his energy um, and I really really love what the uh, um, what he's going to be in the, in the future and hopefully Cleveland is decent for that all right sir um, so I don't know if you know but uh, a guy by the name of Mr. Tiger Woods won a PGA event today first one since he's come back huh you love saying, I don't know if you know, like, I don't do this sports shit no more, JT. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being super sarcastic, sir, and busting your chops at the same time. I'm multitasking here. Give me a break here. <laughs> so Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods wins. Um, he won by two strokes. Um, he finished one under for the day. He had a three-shot lead going into the final round, which was today. Um, and he beat some pretty big heavy hitters. I believe Justin 
oh, what is his last name? I feel like such a retard. <coughs> Justin Smith. Look at me. Oh, oh man, <laughs> I, I I had all of this. Anyway, the dude that's been tearing it up, and, and and I think he's number one, ranked number one. Justin Johnson, Smith, Jones, whatever the heck his name is. Um, he beat him by, yeah, he beat him by a couple of strokes. Um, uh, what do what do you think about uh, Tiger's chances of of maintaining this excellence after such a long time off and and not having the success he used to have? You want me to be completely honest, JT? I don't give two about Tiger Woods. I really don't. Really? Tiger's not black. Tiger doesn't want my attention. Tiger, Tiger's, Tiger Tiger's not black? Over. Yeah, that's what he said. That's what Tiger said. So from that moment on, I just, I don't really care about what, what Tiger and his struggle and his comeback. And his, I don't pay attention to Tiger Woods. I don't care. He gets none of my energy, bro. And not because he's not black, but because he went out his way to say he's not black when he is black. So that's a little disrespectful. It's a little, um, you're not black, you OJ? Okay. I was just thinking OJ too. <laughs> I was thinking the okay. same thing. So that's where I'm at with it, to be honest with you. So no, I don't give any energy, any attention to Tiger. I did hear that he won today. And I, I just care less because, I mean, I, I know the game he's playing right now. You know what I'm saying? So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I, I did not know that he came out and made a statement like that. I think it would annoy me as well. Um, I, I think I would still, on the low, though, support him because I just think it's awesome seeing a, even though he doesn't consider himself a black man, seeing a black man dominate a white man's game. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, ask him, kudos. Ask him what they had on the police report when his ass got, got hit, hit that uh, high. I, I, I'm not even taking it to the politics, man. Uh, it is black. what it is. I, I still, I still oh, yeah. cheer for him. I, I, I I'm still gonna follow him. Um, I'm, I still want him to do well. He he don't even know how to cheat right. What black dude don't know how to cheat right? He on the voicemail. Hey, it's Tiger. Yeah, out of here, man. <laughs> he does voice perfect. <laughs> All right, that's that, man. Freak it. I guess Tiger Woods black gets no play, cheat. gets no love from my black man Sebo. I hear that. All right, bro, real quick, uh, just get a quick uh, NBA thing in here. I wanted to hear your thoughts on the whole Jeremy Butler situation. I mean, Jeremy, Jesus Jimmy. Christ. Jimmy Butler, I don't know why I said Jeremy. I'm reading, I, I can't read my own handwriting. My whole, the whole Jimmy Butler situation, um, his, his trade scenarios and all this other stuff. Give me your, your, your quick rundown on that, sir. Uh, so real quick, um, it's, Wolves has been tweeting every hour about an update on this trade thing because Timberwolves have been going back and forth. Obviously, Timberwolves flew out there earlier this week to go talk to him. There's been some drama going on throughout last season. There was a lot of dysfunction over there. Um, Tibbs, we know, runs his guys into the ground, works them really hard, but people love playing for him. Um, they said to have had a rocky relationship, Tibbs and Jimmy, but apparently they worked it out because he ended up with the Timberwolves playing for him again, right? So uh, Tibbs goes out there, flies out there, meets with him, and um, news comes out that Jimmy Butler's requested a trade, right? Tibbs comes out and says, I'm not trading him. I'll, I'll, I'll lose my job before I trade him. Um, management comes out the following day and says, we are trading him. So he's on the trade market. Uh, teams have been vying for him. I've heard the Heat have been pretty aggressive in trying to obtain, obtain Jimmy Butler. Um, rock, news out of Houston here is that the Rockets are putting together a package with Eric Gordon and some pieces. Um, wow. Butler put out a list of having Clippers, Knicks, and Nets, um, but he doesn't control where he goes. So, um, I mean, that's that. I think uh, that the Timberwolves are – 
I mean, they, they reached the playoffs, right? I mean, they struggled. He got injured last year, so I don't even want to say they underachieved. None of us thought that they were going to win a championship or anything there. Anyway, uh, they're, they're putting their ducks in a row with Cat, which I think is not a smart thing. I don't think he's a franchise. Uh, he's going to win you a championship. Um, where I'd like to see Jimmy Butler land is New York. I would love to see him in New York. There were rumors of him and Kyrie's friendship. Rumors already have been swirling about Kyrie coming to New York. There's rumors of KD coming to New York, but just last week some stuff came out that basically said KD's going to the Lakers, which I wouldn't be surprised because we know the type of guy he is. Um, Nothing to do with that rap song that he came out with uh, with LeBron, right? Who knows, man? Who knows these days, bro? Uh, all I can do is read with the with the with the. You By know, the way, KG wasn't bad in that. I don't think he was that bad. Your boy, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. I, I didn't hear it, JT. I really didn't. Oh, hear it. Shame on you, sir. You lose black. Uh, I, nah, bro, I didn't hear that crap. Um, <laughs> but anyway, to wrap it up, I think the Knicks are going to land a big, big free agent within the next year or two. Whether it be Kyrie, whether it be Butler and Kyrie, whether it be KD, um, with Fisdale there and um, the the new management over there. Um, I like what the, the direction they're heading, and I, I, I finally have uh, some hope for New York. Uh, good, 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 all good points, sir. Um, thanks for keeping us. Uh, thanks for updating us on, on everything because you said some things that I, I hadn't heard before with the whole Jimmy Butler situation. Um, I'm a little. I've, I've kept myself distant from it because I was hoping that the Knicks stayed true. Being a Knicks fan, I was hoping the Knicks stayed true to their. Um, they're they're wanting to build from the ground up. I didn't want to see Hardaway them trade. Jimmy, Hardaway Jr. and Nina Lakina. Send them. Give me Jimmy Butler oh, this no, year. No. Do it. I, Do I don't. It. I don't mind trading Hardaway. I don't want to give away uh, Frank. Um, but that that's we can have another conversation once NBA season starts. We'll go hard on that. Um, but uh, the Jimmy Butler situation uh, is going to be interesting. The funny thing you mentioned is um, he doesn't have say in where he goes, which is true. And in the past, people like Melo have claimed that they won't sign an extension with the other team. Um, whoever you're trading, unless it's the team he wants to go to, it worked. I don't think it works anymore because we're seeing stars that get traded to where they don't want to be and they end up staying there like a Paul George and OKC, who everybody thought. Too, much, too, too many people are putting too much into that. Uh, watch Kawhi. Kawhi is not staying in Toronto. Oh, I don't think he's staying in Toronto, but I, 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 I don't I think, think him going to the Lakers you, is a short thing either. No, I don't either. I don't either, JT. I don't either. But that was the but story I, until, until you started hearing about the Clippers recently. But I, real quick on that is that was you know what that was a lot of that was Kawhi's team that's what I was telling people because they wanted to force their way out of San Antonio. The problem was the Lakers were not willing to give up any pieces and Kawhi's team was trying to force the Lakers to give up the pieces to do the Spurs trade. They right. wanted out of San Antonio and he wanted to be in L.A. Whether it be Clippers or Lakers, but he wanted to to make them. He was trying to put pressure on them to give up those pieces or like look I'll sign in L.A. I'll sign with the Clippers. I'll yeah, 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 whatever. They're not giving up those pieces, bro. No, good point. But I'm just saying, um, in general, teams aren't afraid of this anymore, and they're still making the moves and, and taking their chances of, of what's going to happen with the player later yeah, on. There's someone desperate enough. Definitely. So um, that's the situation with that. That's how the pace is made out with Old Depot. They, they did great. That's a great point. That's definitely so, a – Even when you take that chance, you think you're giving up a superstar. Sometimes what you get – in return is is almost as valuable. Look 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 what Paul Gasol and Marcus Gasol turned into. There's instances where this happens and people think they get the short on the stick. Look at the Knicks and Melo. Look what Denver got in the overhaul for Melo. So there's that you can look at it from both ways. You know, there's teams who are scared or feel like all oh, the players using this as an advantage. I'm not gonna sign here. But guess what? That other team feels like what I'm getting back is gonna be a 
you know, a package anyway. I truly think the Pacers loved getting Oladipo last year. And Paul George was leaving regardless. And that's how people are going to feel with Butler. The Timberwolves is going to make the trade, and it's going to happen this week. Because guess what? They know he's not coming back. He won't even go to media day Monday. He's already said I ain't going. We know it's <laughs> over. So they got to trade him. No matter what, they got to trade him. So did San Antonio. So did the Nuggets. And so any other team in this new era of players having control. It just is what it is. Thank Bromber. All right, sir. Um, that's it for today's show. I appreciate you stopping by. Um, I appreciate you um, giving your your thorough and honest opinions on on what's going on. I look forward to having this conversation for as many you know as many times as you can do it. No pressure, I love, sir. I, I love having I, you on the show. Um, I would like to say uh, thank you to um, your boy, my boy, Sayer, who um, put together the intro for the show. He does a great job. Um, yes, he has a podcast as well called Officially Street Podcast. Um, yeah, and he's just, he, he's, he's just nice, man. He sent me like six beats and they were all dope. And I had to, to struggle to, to, to pick one. Um, but, but he definitely did a great job and he looked out. So good luck, Sire, if you're listening to this, brother. Um, I, we really appreciate it. Um, also want to give a quick, uh, thank you to my cousin Daniel and Crystal Wilson. They're going to be helping me out with the editing going forward. Um, and Sebo, uh, uh, real quick, um, tell us a little bit about Sebo uh, Speaks. Yeah, I got uh, the Sebo says uh, the Sebo says podcast. Um, says, sorry, not Sebo Speaks. Yeah, so the Sebo so Speaks is my uh, Twitter handle at Sebo Speaks. Sebo says podcast. I got it uh, working right now. We filmed one episode. We're gonna keep it going. Um, it's just a general podcast. Um, we have different guests, different topics, different type of conversations, and that's the key for what I'm trying to do here. I'm just trying to tell stories through conversation. So go check that out. I'll let y'all know here. And and uh, at Sebo says is uh, the Twitter. I'm sorry, at Sebo speak. Now you got me saying that. Now at Sebo speak <laughs> the Twitter and uh, for all updates and whatnot. All right. So JT, I appreciate you, brother. This is fun, man. I love doing it. I told you. I love having you on. I love having you on. So real quick, I'm gonna do my plug-in, and and this is difficult for me. You know how hard it is for old man JT. But um, you can catch the uh, fanatics on Twitter at, at fanatics and why that's uh, at F A N A T I X and Y. Uh, that's the Twitter folks. And that's the show. I appreciate it, sir. I will see you next week. Hopefully. All right, JG. Thank you. All right, brother. Fanatics. Yes.